Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This is the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. Mickey broke the record at Camp Benny's on oysters. About however many you can eat. Captain Mickey has been guiding the Texas Gulf Coast waters for over 40 years, and along with winning numerous national and local tournaments, Captain Mickey was recently inducted into the Saltwater Legends Hall of Fame. Uh, the reason I broke the record is I don't think I had enough money in my pocket to pay for all of them. Because if you break the record, everybody with you eats free. Now here's your host, Captain Mickey. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. Hour number three already. And uh, I'm your host, Captain Mickey Eastman. Producing the Outdoor Show this morning is Jace. And now we're going to start off the next hour with Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus Christi. Let's go down there and see what he's up to. Good morning, Cliff. What's up? Oh, good, Mickey. Me and you have a good Thanksgiving. Yes, I did. And you? <laughs> yeah, I did. I this year I prepared. I lost like maybe nine pounds two weeks before Thanksgiving, all that surfing. I guess what? It's back. <laughs> it followed it. me. Work it, it back off. Me. Hey, that's. Man, it's all right. It's all right, man. It was good. I, uh, my oldest son rented a house up at Lake Mathis, and all the family uh, you know, came to the lake house. So this is the first time that my wife didn't do all the cooking. So. You know, that's of course, awesome. she she had to cook. She had to cook and bring a bunch of stuff. You know how that is. She she had to bring oh, the dressing. Oh, you got all those side orders, baby. Yeah, all the side. <laughs> oh, would you bring this? You know, it's all good. Sure. But, man, it was a great trip. Man. And uh, right there on that by that state park in, in Lake Mathis, there's just tons of deer. And uh, so the whole time, all the kids are playing out in the, in the yard. You know, all screaming and yelling. These big old bucks are walking 20 yards away from eating the yard. They don't care. <laughs> they they were born and raised in that park. Pets. You know. It's just, <laughs> It's hilarious, yes. you know. They're, hey, deer are like dogs, about. man. <laughs> you know, they're all eating carpet grass and in the gardens and stuff. You look at them, and they're, they're right next to the driveway, and the kids are playing basketball, and the deer is 20 feet away, like, what? You know? Yeah. They just don't care, man. But well, that's that like those Port place. Mansfield deer. Jeff Phillips yeah, sent me a neat. picture of a toad yesterday yeah. that he took a picture of, and I said, boy, that deer better not show up in Havernville. He. He'll be headed to the Belleville Meat Market. <laughs> I went down there to fish with Jay a few years ago, and the big old monster buck in the yard, and the guy was fed him a gummy bear. I couldn't go, man, they don't eat those. A like, gummy bear? I Boy, go, the guy goes, this one does. He had, him, had a pack of candy, and the deer was eating candy. But they're laying in the car wash, too, man. So I love it. The big car wash, and the deer sleep in the car wash. Those rusty car washes. But yeah, those deer are so spoiled eat. down at Mansfield, they want their corn pop. They want popcorn instead of regular <laughs> corn. <laughs> but, man, I had an unreal hunt this this last week. Got to have a Did you? Hunt, Mickey. Yeah, man, I just, you know, finally got time to hunt. And uh, so the family's down. I had a couple of days, so Greg and I went back up to the lease in the middle of the week and 
couple guys up there, but not much, you know. And so the uh, the first afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, I've been trying to get a style pig, you know, make some sauces and stuff out of. But you know, once they deer season open, everybody starts shooting calls and stuff. Those pigs get real smart and they turn nocturnal. They're just hard. Yeah, to they do. So I thought, man, I mean, I get one and. I'm sitting way back in the back and one of Fred's blind. Fred just been feeding all this roasted soybean, all this great feed. And so he's got some great deer and hogs in the back, you know. And so he wanted to get rid of some of these hogs because just tearing up his fences and stuff. So I'm wanting to sell. So he said, me and sit and try to get you a pig. So this big boar, about 250 pounds, runs out and runs all my deer off. I had some big old bucks looking, feeding, watching. I, they raise your head up and this hog, this big old boar runs out and grabs a couple of corners kernels of corn runs back in the brush you know how they did he's scared uh-huh. you know he's been shot and you can tell he kept doing that and then i couldn't get any deer there i'm going man he's running everything off and so i'm sitting there it's just about dark you know and i kind of stood up to stretch my legs in a blind and i look back down there's a hog kind of under the feeder and i think it's him i look that's not him you know that's a big old sow pig the perfect 150 sow big old fat thing yeah but she in about that time that boar came out and run her off i go god dang it man and so i'm sitting there and this time i got <laughs> This time, I'm locked in with the rifle out the window. I'm going to shoot her running when she comes out. I can shoot her 100 yards running, no problem. She's not moving that fast. And so she comes out behind this big old giant 2,000-pound feeder, and she's staying right behind it. Well, I got my seven mag out the window. I just want her to stick her head out one time behind that feeder, you know. And finally, that boar pushed her out where her head was just past the feeder, and I shot her right behind the ear. You know, it was just great. She never moved, you know. Perfect. And it was a big old fat hog, so I got that. And I go to pick up my buddy Greg, and he got a perfect call buck. I mean, he could have got a better, you know, old yeah. buck. It was like a ratchet on top of his head. <laughs> you know, just, I don't hey, know what he I've was. I've seen a few of those uh, ratchet heads this year. Yeah. People are calling out. Yeah. You know, that's just wrong. You know, so he got that deer. I wonder so what happens got... when they grow all that glob of junk out like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Wayne sent me a picture of, of one. He had one in his yard. He called it a non-typical. <laughs> this is a non-nothing. <laughs> this is a ratchet head. You know? Oh, boy. So he just fat as a pig. So we, we got all that cleaned up, you know. So the next morning, I go back in that blind. I mean, the meat's over. I'm just hunting. You know, I'm just looking. And, and uh, Fred has got this monster buck at night on uh, camera. <laughs> he says, hey, man, try to get in there and get a video of this deer. And so I... I Park way away, and I slip in that thing before daylight. You know, I don't, re- I don't open any windows in the blind, but just the one. Just crack it open. They don't know I'm there. You know, people make the mistake of getting in there and making a bunch of noise, opening all the windows. The deer oh, still away. Yeah. You know, just you know, so I'm in there, and I think I'm a deer hunter anyway. But anyway, I'm probably not. <laughs> Compared to a real deer hunter, I'm not. But anyway, I think I am. So I get in there, and and uh, a bunch of calls come out, a bunch of really nice old deer calls, and I don't want to shoot anything in there with that. You know, I shot that hog the day before, but everything ran off. The big board ran everything off, so I didn't feel bad about shooting the sow. But I'm definitely not going to shoot a call in that area knowing that big buck is in there. Mm-hmm. And there's a big old eight-point, a seven-point at the feeder, and all of a sudden they run, and this stud walked out, Mickey. I just can't believe what I'm seeing. I've been hunting this area over 30 years. I've never seen a deer like this. You know, just one of those deers that just drop your jaw, you know. But he's four and a half years old. I can't shoot him. He's four and a half. I'm not going to shoot him. But right. I videoed this deer. God, what a deer. He is so beautiful. Uh, he's a uh, typical uh. 10, but he's got those – he's super wide, and his tines go straight up. His back tines are probably 9, 10 inches long. His brow tines are probably 9 inches long. Oh but his main gosh. beams are so impressive. His main beams go – they make that big, giant bow, you know, bow. 
and uh, just really pretty. And he stomps around out there. And when he come, I got my phone out the window, video on him. And when he gets ready to take off, he comes right at me, Mickey, like 25, 30 yards and turns sideways. Oh, Lord. He looks like a mule, but he's four and a half. He's just not there. I just can't shoot him. I know that if we get on the same page and all the hunters will leave him alone, that, that's the one we want to breed, and that's the one we want to kill in a couple of years. So I hope all go. the guys are on the same page will let him go, you know. But, so. see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's exciting week on hunting anyway. Well, if and, somebody uh, somebody shoots him and go, well, that was my deer. I, yeah. He was 20 well, no, and, and from the blind. I could have shot him with a Glock. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so Fred Jr., Freddie had a shot at him at both seasons and didn't shoot him. That's how yeah. good of hunters they are. They realize, hey, man, this is a four-and-a-half-year-old deer. Why take him when he's not at his maximum? Now, I don't oh. know. He may jump the fence. Somebody else should shoot him. But we got a chance of getting something really special if he'll go another year. I mean, that was well, so just get, get him to breed, you know. Yeah, that's another thing. Get him, Spread those get all those ratchet heads out of there. Yeah, get all the sure. ratchet heads and garbage out of there. Let him breed, you know. Right. So that's kind of what we're doing, building this ranch. So. But anyway, we'll, we'll see how well, good it our, takes time, you know. Deer hunting is real similar to, to our fishery. I mean, it just mm-hmm. takes time. It takes time to build it back. Build it, yeah. You know, in uh, eight, nine years, you know, uh-huh. let these trout get up that old and the deer too. Oh, my goodness. You know, I yeah, I even hear some high fence ranches, they shoot deer 11 and 12 years old on them. I didn't know. I they'd hear live that, that too. Long. I think half, nine years old, I, you know. Yeah, I didn't know they'd live that long. I really didn't. No, they don't. But uh, And it's like Barry said, my buddy Barry says, you know, our deer, we shoot them at seven and a half. And what a difference. A five and a half to a seven and a half can put on. You oh, know, those it's, two it's years are incredible. Incredible what they can put on. They don't have to shoot them at five and a half. You know, they you know they let them go. It's nice to have have them where they don't have the pressure where you're worried about your neighbor shooting them. You know, well, that's that's, that's our deals. You know, they cross the fence and that neighbor will say, "I don't care how old he is. That's a heck of a rack. I'm shooting him." They're not into. You know, it's like my son's place in Mathis. He has a. Uh, you know, twenty twenty two acres, but next door they got a hundred thousand acres and they got some hunters in there. Well. He's seeing these giant bucks, and he lets them go. He didn't see them again. I says, well, they're probably going next door, and those guys don't care. They're in there from Dallas, and they're, you know, a hunting club, and they just shoot what they want to shoot. But, yeah, yeah, don't become your neighbors. Don't become your neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> Let them That's go, the old, man. Old deer saying from way back, you know, if you're trying to raise deer and uh, get get a good quality ranch going, don't become your neighbors. Let them walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no kidding. That's that's so true. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, that's good, Mickey. But you know, our fishing's get turned around. Our fishing came back ever since that water fell out. Our fishing's just been so good. It's just turned back yeah, on did again. A, did you get a good drop with that last run? Yes, man. It was just really needed it to to get right. every. We were two two and a half foot high, and you yeah. couldn't even get your boat off the trailer hardly. Now we're back down to normal, and people are catching some really nice fish. I'm seeing some great videos and stuff like that. Cool. It's, it's good to see. We, you know, we thought about the, they do go south. A lot of the fish go down to Mansfield, and Port Mansfield's on fire right now. But we, a lot of our fish, did, I think they moved out of the center of the bay, back in those sloughs, and, and things mm-hmm. are back to normal. Where I'm, I'm seeing some, you know, 28 inch fish being caught this week. So that's good. Is Jay in Mansfield? I just, he sent me a, a, a thing at Thanksgiving. He invited me down there. I think he's going to be down there three months. I believe he goes right after Chris. No, he may go right after Thanksgiving this year. I'm not sure when he's down there. Yeah. I'm going to uncall him this week and see, but he's getting ready to go back down there. But, man, my, just my local buddies are going down there. It's just really good. It's uh, a lot of fish this year. That's what I'm hearing. I need to I need to call Jay. I hadn't talked to him in a while. He'll, he'll 
give me some inspiration. <laughs> he yeah, always does. Yes. Hey, you can, be, better. <laughs> you can be in the biggest slump of your life and down in the dumps, and you can call Jay Watkins and, hey, man, you're ready to you're, – you're tap dancing everywhere after talking to him. I know. It. He and always sends me these else. great texts. He, he'll send me a text, an old picture of us fishing sometime, and he says, you know, this is us back in the time. We were the men back then. I was like, oh, man, that picture is just, you know, 30 years old. I'm going, oh, that's so cool, those big old fish, you know. But, boy, we caught some big fish together, Jay and I. Oh, my God, man. I went down to Mansfield and fish with him, too, and had some great trips down there. God, great guy. Awesome. Hopefully we get a – We I was supposed to fish with him a few weeks ago, and we got canceled with Barry on the, on the weather, you know, so hopefully I'll get another chance to fish with him. I try to fish him at least once a year, you know, just mm-hmm. just to kind of get to hang out with him a little bit. I got you. Let me knock don't this matter break where out, is. Cliff. Right, I'll be right back at you, buddy. Hang right. with me. All right. Well, you know, it's another innovation from Seaguar, the proven leader in saltwater leader material, introducing their new gold label, leader material. It's Seaguar's thinnest leader material yet. It's 18% thinner and 17% stronger than any other Seaguar leader. That means it's even less visible underwater and creates more natural presentations for better catch rates, especially in clear water on leader-shy fish. And the new gold label? It's made with exclusive Seaguar fluorocarbon resins. They make it in a double structure process, and it provides exceptional knot and tensile strength, yet it's soft, and it cinches easily for fail-safe knots. Get Seaguar Go Label at your favorite tackle, favorite tackle dealer, or you can learn, learn more online at Seaguar.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610. Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right. It's 618 here in the Bayou City. All right, Cliff, we are back, my friend. All right, buddy. Well, I'm, I'm kind of going to turn the switch this week and go back to fishing. I got a trip on Monday. Then I got Mike Herring, I think, coming on Wednesday. I don't know what this weather's going to do Wednesday for me. <laughs> Every time he comes, something happens. But I know. We're going to get a blow yeah. tomorrow. They're calling for yeah. north at 30. Really? I'm hoping it's going to calm down. You know, uh, Monday's not looking too bad. I like a, a good stiff north wind here, you know, maybe 10, 15 miles an hour. out the due north is not a problem. You know, I, I could got short yeah. lines to fish. When it gets up 35 or 40, that's different. But I like right. it when it's, the front comes in on Sunday. It's, it's on its way down. So maybe Monday by mid-morning, I'm going to get some lighter winds and the fish are going to go off. So that's what I'm hoping. So do you get a, I'm going to try to fish. 
down y'all's way after we pull a front like that, do you get a hard northeast wind the next day, or is it it doesn't blow? It depends. Like you know, yeah, it it it'll happen like that. And the worst can the worst I have is a is a hard northwest when it's that real dry, dry, super uh-huh. super high pressure wind. When it's north northeast, it doesn't seem to have the amount of pressure, and the fish seem to like it better. Right. But that west wind, you know, just we just don't have a very good bite on anything well that pretty much goes for the whole coast you know west winds are southwest and west are just killers all that king ranch shoreline those old timers that when you if you smell cow cow dung you know go home you know so that's the deal (laughs) though if you can smell the cows it's time to go home boys (laughs) no yeah that's it man when you can smell them you got those little cow flies flying if you're white fish on the king ranch shoreline and you got those little flies that usually hang around the cows around your head you might as well pack it in buddy you know but yeah, high that's, pressure. yeah, that high pressure, that high gray liner and high pressure and uh, yeah. probably the floating cobwebs, man, that makes for some slow Yeah, pressure. the floating cobwebs. You look up in all the rods on the holder, got cobwebs on them. Uh, I'm telling you. There, you know? They'll have you some whales or cherries or something, you know. Yeah, it's, it's time good, for breakfast. Yeah, <laughs> and sometimes it'll happen and we'll get a bite later in the day. I've seen it happen, Mickey, and then later in the day things drop off and they'll go ahead and feed. And it's so funny because early in the year, they don't adjust to the barometric pressure as well as they do later in the year. The fronts right. come in, they shut down longer, and as, as the year goes on, the, the bite is uh, – the shutdown's a lot less as the year goes on. So looking for some fantastic fishing this winter. I've got all the old guys coming back, and I think this week's going to be a lot of – I'm hoping that, like I'm thinking, like last year at the exact same time, you know, these fish are pulling. And it's funny, our fish are still in four and five foot of water, Mickey. A lot yeah. of fish aren't pulling up on the shore yet. We're still the majority is in that five foot, you know, mud and grass. So, yeah, well, so, it just you have to attack them differently. I, yeah, I, I'll, I'll fish, take a thirty inch out of the boat just as well as waiting. It's more. Oh fun my God! Waiting, I saw but, one uh, come out of Mansfield. Yeah. Had two mullet in his stomach. Was twenty eight inches long, weighed nine pounds. Lord um, have mercy. I think Blackwell. One of the Blackwells caught it down at Mansfield and let it go. But that thing was just—I can't believe it would bite something with two giant mullet in the stomach. I mean, you can't—you know—can't even close its mouth. It's got so much in here to bite the plastic. I caught a giant one time on a whiskey metal flake uh, root beer uh, hoagie shrimp tail, and uh, I killed that fish and took it to the taxidermist. This was back in the '80s, and when he cleaned mm-hmm. it, it had a uh, 12-inch trout in it. Yeah, we've seen Speckle that trout. Too. He ate the twelve. One of his yeah. buddies. He was hungry. He ate oh, one of his yeah. buddies and still ate my tail. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? Damn. Yeah, it is. That's why I like it. it. That's why I like those trout. They're it's like amazing. you know when they get amped up and get in that feeding mode. I mean, you know, trout are gluttons. You know, they're like redfish. When they when they light it up, they light it up. They don't care how full they are. Hey, if <clears> if they decide they want to eat something better, they'll throw up what they just ate and eat something else. They're crazy. That's something, isn't it? Then other days you, know, you can't even get a bite. It's nuts. Yep. And it's it's always been after, it's always like that after a shutdown. After they've had a real high pressure day and they didn't yeah. eat for the whole day, or maybe and that automatic deal when that barometric pressure or the air temperature, you know, gets above water temperature where that water temperature's moving up, and they they, they it's like a switch they turn on. And one one feeds, and they hear one crunching the mullet. It's like golly, and they get that going. It's funny, you know. You think about that. They're swimming around, and one of the buddies reach out there to smack a mullet, and they hear him crunching him. You know, and he's safe. They go, I can't take it. I can get one. They they start, you know, yeah, you know, they all start around. lighting up at the same time. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And they shut off at get, the same time. Yep. Yeah. You'll get somebody get a thump on the cork, you know, and all of a sudden everybody's everybody around you look all around the flat. Everybody's bowed up because that was 
the time that you know it seems like it's like a 15 minute window when everything starts biting. I mean, bite mm-hmm. for two or three hours and they'll shut back down. But you got to be there at the right time. How many times have you heard that you know you left a spot and your buddy goes in two hours behind you and they lit up? You know, oh, that's yeah. why I tell people, man, when you're I don't in those like big areas, that. <laughs> no, I, I just that's I'm mean, I know they're there and I know the baits here and the predators are there. I'm gonna wait on them instead of trying to find some new fish. I'm gonna wait on the I'm gonna you know hang with the, the guys I'm with and hope they're gonna turn on, you know. So oh, I've seen that, Blaine that, do that in the past, man. He would he'd pull into a shoreline and you know I'd leave. He said, "Man, I'm gonna wait them out. I I know they're here." I said, "Yeah, I, my guys got to go in early. I got to go find something." And sure yep. enough, I'd leave, and uh, they'd light up about four four hours later. He'd just sit on them, pasture until they bit. And, yep. and we, yep. we do that a lot in the summer, you know, with open water fish. You know mm-hmm. they're there. They're slicking, mud boiling, and all that. And you just uh, – I just keep pestering them with a trolling motor and chasing them around until they just finally just I – I just wear them down, and they they light off. They'll stop and start eating. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. What happens to us sometimes? Our water gets so clear in the winter on the shoreline, just just gin clear, and you got a real early bite going on. Then those fish, you know, they still kind of exposed in that shallower water. They'll pull on out there in that five or six foot of water sure. and land that deeper grass because they feel they, they feel still safer there. And people still want to say, "Okay, man, it's warm. Air, they ought to be up here in the shallow." No, they're not up there in the shallow because it's air clear and they don't they feel like they're they're exposed. So you need to wait out belly deep. You need to well out, go out belly deep and downsize, go to something really small, maybe a small Houdini paddle tail or something, and throw out deep and work it slow and throw in the same spot several times. And that is the key to fish that are that are really, you know, don't want to bite. You've got to throw it several times. How many times do you think that you throw it in there and right before <laughs> the fish gets there, you run it away from it? Just think about that. Oh, That's yeah. why it's so important in, when conditions like that to keep throwing in a 10-foot little area for several times, you know, then maybe throw it out well, one time that, let it sit there for a second. That hurts your guys that are, you know, those search-and-destroy wade fishermen that just like to, you know, Burn just the sweep yeah. a flat and just pound it and fan their cast. And, and no. I mean, if I'm sitting there wading a flat and I'm in shallow and I keep seeing a bait flipping out deep, hey, it don't take me two minutes. I'm heading out deep. I'll go as far as my waders yeah. will let me get out to and start throwing at those fish and just stand on them. And keep chunking at them, and once you catch one or two, you get them going. You can line everybody up yeah. and just pound on them, man. And, yeah, and you you got to you got to see three D. You got to visualize yeah. where the sweet spot is in that shoreline. So just like a deer, you know, you wouldn't leave a little river bottom with all the deer in it to go walk out in the open field. Okay, I'm gonna leave in this area. I don't see anything. I'm gonna leave this bottom and go walk out here in the field. And it's the same thing with weight fishing. So you found some structure, some uneven bottom or a rock or a sand pile that you know fish are there. You caught fish before. You got bait, you got predators. Why would you leave the, the strike zone to walk down the shore? Just because you're not catching them now, you know something's going to come across that area. And so, you know, we'll pull up on an area, Mickey, and we'll sit there two hours. And uh, eventually somebody's going to catch a big fish off this area. Because if you do move off it, somebody's going to move in behind you. So uh-huh. when you get a good sweet spot, you're catching big fish on, and you know there's fish in there, you need to really work that area hard. Because it's hard. just think how hard it is to get in front of the fish. Yeah, that we found wading over all the years. That's it. And <clears> that's they're it. like little uh, tributaries, little highways for fish that use mm-hmm. guts and ridges and drop-offs to to travel and, and hunt bait. And eventually, with a tide, tide exchange or whatever, the wind switch or whatever does it, 
man, it just it's like turning turning the switch on. Here they come. Yeah, Where you notice make your, your areas from? like my area in the area so fish don't come up in the flat all all over the place. They come up in certain areas on the flat, like a game trail. They'll, they'll come they, up on one right. point. That's right. When they pull in, they'll take a little gut or a ridge to, to mm-hmm. pull in and then fan out on the flats to feed. And the only reason you find those because you waded across and go, hey, man, I just went down two foot and I came back up. Exactly. You know, that's a little trench. Well, that's a, that is the, that is exactly what you're looking for. If you, if you had a tripod and you're deer hunter, that's where you set it up. That's exactly <laughs> right. I mean, you hey. Know. Every, all the all your uh, tree stand hunters and everything else, they go in the deep woods and they find the they it. find the game trails and that's what they set it, up buddy. on. You know, you want to get a big one. You know, you can fan and cast and just go 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 go, and you got a chance to catch one. But most time, you got to crunch your fish out. You're going to cast five feet from him, and you're going to fan another cast, and you're going to walk right away from him. And that's what you know. That's why I tell people when you see some bait flipping, don't throw move. your anchor out and sit there, man. man. Sit there on that bait. That bait flipped for a reason. He's not jumping to, you know, for joy right now in the winter. He's jumping because something's after him. You know. No, so anyway, I'm getting ha- on. happy mullet in the wintertime like in the summer. Yes, you see a mullet no, jumping or no. flipping, especially when they come out of the water hard and go right back in, you know, turn, just make that U-shape in their bodies when yeah. they get back. Hey, they're they're getting it. Something's after them. And you know what's changed my fishing too, Mickey, so – I fish with everything, my eyes, my ears. I want to hear everything. I want to be, if I'm facing one way, I want to hear that mullet flip behind me. I want to hear that little, I want to hear that. Well, now I, there's, when there's boats running with stereos and stuff, it's really cut my, one of my senses down. People don't realize, you know, that you're running over there five miles away and you're just blasting that third boom, boom. I, I, you're cutting 15 minutes of my time and my, and my, my hearing time down. It, it's, if people would turn these stereos off and, and wait fish, you know, and just kind of get back to, your senses, your 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 smell. Yeah, get you back to nature, man. I mean, you listen get back to what to what's uh, going nature on has time, to offer. You, know? you can get play <clears> music you're running down the truck yeah. on the way home. That's it. And, you know, you're blowing everybody's bite. They just run just outside the bottom of the shoreline with their stereos. And you got – he finally leaves and another one comes. So, it takes, you kind of lose <laughs> that 30 minutes of the first light from the boomers going by. You know, once the boomers leave, everything settles down. You'll catch a fish. But sometimes you lose that 30 minutes – there mickey yeah we're back now i don't know what happened i just heard some scratchy it's like i went off air but i looked and i'm i'm up yeah i was was just a bunch of scratching on there we're good man we're good but uh anyway looking for a good week and getting back to fishing i'm it's hard to it's hard to go It's kind of scratchy coming back and forth, you know. Yeah, I don't know why we're fading in and out like that. It's not your phone. I mean, it's <laughs> no, I'm good to go, man. But well, we had a little bit of trouble with with you know some stuff this morning, but I mean, it hadn't 
we just couldn't see what was going on. We've been winging it uh -huh. all morning, and it's gone real smooth. I don't know what that was about. Yeah, well, I hope it's behind us there. But anyway, so you're you're getting ready to come down. I think in December. Hopefully, make up. Hope everything yeah. works out then. I can't yeah, wait we'll to see. Yeah. I, it's that time of year, man. You just got to take the good with the bad, or the bad with the good. Yeah. And your knees good now? You good? Yeah, uh, I I recovered. I knocked that arthritis out, and uh, I kind of went down in the back for three days, but that came back. So hey, right <laughs> now I'm I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm not dragging a leg or anything. <laughs> you know, if you get two or three days in a row, you feel pretty good. That's that's when you go. Yeah, man. it's just it's just weird when when you get old, things just happen, and unfortunately, mm -hmm. I've got a lot of scar tissue all over my body from. <laughs> From bad behavior all these years. Bad behavior. <laughs> bad behavior. Yeah. Wearing things out. Boat, Rough boat rides. I think the boats have beat us up pretty bad, too. You know, all those boats we've been in beat us up. You know, the flat yeah, bottoms, all of them beat too, us up. But. Too many long hours on hard courts, and, hey, you're just, you know, throwing baseball takes its yeah. toll on you. I guess so. so if you man, want to feel go good when you get old, just don't do anything when you're young. Ow. <laughs> Hey, can you imagine what a a sixty or seventy year old uh, retired NFL football player feels like when he gets out of bed oh. in the mornings? Can you imagine? Hey, man, man, I took God. Terry Bradshaw fishing, and uh, I couldn't believe how beat up he was. I took Terry, you know, on a on a TV show and did spent a couple of days with Terry. This is back, you know, twenty five, thirty years ago, and he was talking about how beat up he is, you know, how how bad he hurts and everything. You gotta love that guy. That's back when yeah. quarterbacks were some tough son of a gun. Look, look at the beating Pastorini took for all those years. Hey, that's got to be one of the toughest guys around. Oh, he would talk about getting hit and going back to huddle, <laughs> not knowing where he was for a minute. <laughs> How many still play I got up? About yeah, four have, eyes a, close enough. Let's have, run another oh, play. Oh, yeah, you have a broken finger and you know, still play. Back nowadays, you know, they don't let you hit the quarterback. But back then, you know, they, they plowed into the quarterback and tried to hurt him. You know, it was a little different. Oh, man. That's you – know? uh, I'll never forget that pass Bradshaw lobbed up to Lynn Swan against the Cowboys in that game, that circus yeah. catch, and uh, Bradshaw just got KO'd. I forget who hit him, but, I mean, laid him out. He didn't even see the play, didn't even know what happened. He just got back in the huddle and threw another one and beat the Cowboys. <laughs> I know. Animals, man. I know the, hey, the funniest thing I ever told Terry Bradshaw, I know I told you this story, is when he got that big trout on my boat, and the camera boat gets real close, you know, and, and I'm getting ready to net the fish. It's about a six-pound trout. And I kind of knock it off with the net, and everybody looks at me and says, that's for beating my Cowboys in a Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I never forgot that. I lost 20 bucks. That's he classic. Was fun, he, was a, he was a great guy. He was a lot of fun to be around. He really oh, I was, love man. watching him on TV. He's a character, man. He was a, He's he something was a hoot, else. All right, Cliff. Well, you're a character, too. Somebody wants to call you and come down and, and uh, hang out all day with you and Grind up some fish. How they get old of you, brother? All right, Mickey. I'm at Erica 361-949-0707. Hey, thanks for having me on, Mickey. Hey, anytime. It's my pleasure. See you, Cliff. Right, Take care, buddy. All right, All right. All right. Later. All right, that's Captain Cliff Webb down in Corpus. And the Belleville Meat Market. What a great place to shop and have all your processing needs done. They're a short drive from Sealy off I-10 or Hempstead off 290. And go downtown, look for the big white sign. You can't miss it. And uh, every week they're double featuring pecan smoked sausage. You can try all of it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in the store. And their full menu pecan smoked barbecue that's served Monday through Sunday, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. And uh, custom processing, 
on pigs and calves. Well, they do that all year long. You can order a half calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And keep this in mind while you're processing your wild game this year. Try out their Vinny Vinny dogs and hog dogs. That's homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. Bring something home from the hunt. The entire family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and the Belleville celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents The Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman. morning welcome back to the sports radio 610 outdoor show all right it's 640 here in the bayou city final segment already time has flown by today all right let's head up to pinwall campground and marina on lake livingston let's check in with our good friend harry detan good morning harry how you doing buddy we're doing good mickey how are y'all doing this morning good oh just surviving thanksgiving brother well i tell you what that was a blast wasn't it? a lot to eat yeah lot, do you have a, a good holiday Oh yeah, we had a we had a good Thanksgiving. I mean, a lot of food and everything, so everything worked out real good. We sure did. But counting our blessings. But, yes, sir. Yeah, we did. Anyway, we got a. I think it's about forty to forty-one degrees up here this morning, something like that. Yeah, Richard. Yeah. I talked to him earlier on Conroe, and he said it was thirty-eight over there. So y'all are kind of cool in the woods. Yeah, y'all a little cold uh, in the woods this morning. I, I really don't know why, but you know, Conroe is always a little cooler than what we are here. And I've noticed that over a lot of years. And Isn't that somehow it, that works? You know, and yeah, as the crow flies, it's not that far from you. Uh-uh, we're about, uh, well, as the crow flies, yeah, by the highway, we're about 60 miles from Conroe. Yeah. And, and I would think Conroe is further south than we are. But, I would think uh, so, yeah, but there's something about that area. It just gets colder there for whatever it reason. It gets a little little bit colder, but you know, mm-hmm. it's uh it's pretty nippy. There isn't any wind this morning. Everything's pretty flat. Uh you know, the lake's flat. Uh looks like we'll have a should have a pretty a pretty nice day today. We had a nice day yesterday. I mean I was uh, out looking around and there's a guy with me and, and I looked up and I said, you know, look at that. And I said, he said, what's that? And I said, see how blue those skies are. I mean, the skies was just gorgeous blue and the sun was shining, you know. And See, we never uh, got it, that real clear, you know. You did? Oh, it was, it, it was I mean, gorgeous. it was kind of intermittent, you know. It, 
Uh huh. We never did get that really. Yeah, you know, it was good clear sunshine. as a bell. Yeah. You know, and it makes a nice blend. You got that blue sky and bright sunshine, and you know, you got tree leaves turning gold, and right. and and some of the gold ones are dead ones, but you know, I mean, it still looked nice. It was a nice day, but uh, everything's going around pretty good up here on Livingston. It's been uh, it's been really quiet uh, this last bit, and, and uh, uh, we did have a few more people come up yesterday and and uh, after. Uh, after Thanksgiving, and they'll probably be here the week. I know they'll be here the weekend. But, uh, you know, the lake, uh, we're just right at normal pool. We're, we're one one little tick below normal pool. I mean, not much, maybe a quarter of an inch, I don't know. But, uh, anyway, that's good. Uh, you know, we, uh, I think the release on the dam is slightly over uh, 1,500 cubic feet a second. But uh, on the downside of it, you know, there's just not a lot of water coming out of that Dallas area. I think, you know, we're running about maybe on the average from Dallas down, maybe 1,100 cubic feet a second in the river coming down. So so hopefully we'll continue to get a little rain and keep the lake up. I mean, it's not going to go down overnight by no means, but uh, 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 with a little rain, it'll, it'll pick right up. So... Everything's been good here on Livingston. Uh, uh, it's nice to have the lake back full with water, and, and that part is makes it makes it really really nice. Uh, not a lot of fishing going on. Uh, trot liners are doing real good on uh, catfish and stuff. Uh, uh, seeing some decent black bass caught. Uh, I haven't seen any crappie caught. Maybe so, maybe no. I don't know. I just hadn't seen them. Yeah. And, uh, the whites, there's still a few scattered whites out yonder, uh, but you know, I mean, as the water gets cooler, you know, they're gonna, that biological clock's gonna switch and they're going straight up, straight up towards the Crockett and all, or as far as they can swim up the river and all. So, anyway, we're not, uh, actually, we're, we're really, uh, you know, we're getting real close to December and then we got December and then. Uh, January hit the boat show down through there, and about middle of middle of January, towards the last of January, you know, we'll go to deer season will be over, and we'll go back to people come back in for fishing. But uh, you know, over the years, you know, I I know it's a definite it's a definite pattern. You know, everybody that goes fishing, they all go deer hunting, so it's it's the same it's the same group. Uh, they fish in the spring and summer, and and fall they everybody goes to the woods so uh, that's just a what a east texas tradition sure is it's uh it's not a bad pattern but uh, anyway things are good up here on the lake uh, it's nice to have everything and you know everything is so green up here after being so brown you know it's thanksgiving uh, and usually everything is turned and the leaves are falling everywhere and it's just like you know that drought it was weird we our trees yeah. lost about half of their foliage, right? Know, like in August, and, right? Uh, they did. It's like now they don't know that it's fall. To it, it's weird. Yeah. I, mean, I had you're, never you're, seen that. You're, you're exactly right, Nikki. I mean, I don't. You know, I mean, the tree. Uh, there's still a lot of uh, leaves in the trees. Uh, yeah. The grasses are green. You know, I looked at some Bermuda grass there uh, yesterday, and I mean, it was just as green as a gourd. You know. Yeah, uh, you drive down the highway and the bar ditches are green. You know, I mean, but this time of the year, uh, 
you know, we should have had the freeze. We had one little frost here a week or so ago. Uh, and I think it was just in my area because I never did see anybody else that, that mm -hmm. claimed they had frost. But I, I got up one morning and walked out the truck and, and, uh, and I had a, I had a sheet of ice over my windshield and, uh, uh, you know, and, and of course, uh, up here at the marina, you know, like a lot of our plants and stuff, you know, they showed that they had a, a little bit of frost. But I talked to other people, and they said, well, they didn't have no frost. But I, yeah, I guess haven't I had a hint of a frost down here uh -huh. on the coast yet. And uh, everything's green, still having to mow. And uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. It, Usually this time of year, the only mowing I'm doing is I got my mulching blades on my yeah. zero turn, and I'm mulching leaves. Let motion leave. That's you're exactly right. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, but it's it's a little bit different. Uh, you know, like yesterday, we had a beautiful day yesterday. It's just bright sunshine. I don't know what the temperature was. Is this uh, oh, slight uh, uh, shirt sleeve weather? You know, people like me. I had a, I had a little light jacket on, but but it it was really nice to be out. You know, it was it was beautiful. But uh, but yeah, the, I'm amazed at the at, uh, we still got so much green grass and stuff around here. I mean, every, uh, we run our mowers there last week, and and uh, and uh, we hadn't ran them in. I think we skipped a week, but we ran them last week, and you know, and everything had grew enough that we needed to to cut grass a little bit. But but normally by this time of the year, the grass cutting is kind of over for a while. But uh, everything's going good up here in Livingston. Uh, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to uh, a, a better year than next year than what we had. Uh, you know, we had so much, and I hope it holds in. There's, there's a, uh, we had a lot of grass grow up around uh, uh, the banks and a lot of sceny beans. And, and I've been watching the sceny beans, and so far they're just they're they're living in water. So maybe they will live in water. You know, I hope they do because they'll. They'll sure make uh, they'll sure make some great habitat for the fish and all. But you know, I had one area, Mickey uh, here earlier this summer. They had a uh, they was doing some dredging, and I took a bunch of that uh, dredged dirt, and uh, we spread it all out on an area and built up an area with it, and it really worked out really pretty nice. And I was wondering if I was going to have to seed it, but you know, here three months later. That tunnel gun, that area is probably I don't know, seventy foot wide and uh, hundred and fifty foot long, but uh, but that area has nearly completely grew up in in uh, Bermuda grass, and I guess all the seed, you know, and all that dredge dirt, I guess that's where all the seed come come. We sure didn't yeah. put any seed out on it, but it's 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 turning out. It's really really looking looking nice and it's just all i guess that seed is in the water it doesn't it doesn't damage it or nothing especially if it's got a shell on it and then when it gets a little sunlight and a little warmth it, it, in the ground it'll just go to it'll root it'll, yeah, it'll root it too little bit that bermuda grass it'll uh you can just about grow it on a rock you know what i mean <laughs> no. that's why all you, that's why all your fairways at golf courses are bermuda Man, that's uh, well. I tell you, it can yes, withstand a lot of things that don't get diseases and you know uh -uh, brown patch and chinch bugs and all that mess. 
you can you can take the water off you can take the water off that bermuda grass and and let it go down to bare ground and then get a rain on top of it it just comes right back up you, you can't kill it out but uh we was uh we was playing golf uh oh it was down at red wolf uh here a year or so ago and, and uh we hit one of those fairways down there and and my gosh you look at you and the hogs had come in overnight you talk about making a mess out of a, a fairway I mean, oh, they, they will were, they will butcher a golf course, man. I mean, they just tore everything up and, and all. And I, some you know, I've been told that year that, uh, and I guess it's true, that some of the, the uh, golf courses had uh, hog hunters out at night, and uh, I mean, trying to protect their property and all. But but uh, I guess that was true. I don't know if it was or not, but. But I could see where a fellow might want to do that. I mean, you get 20, 20 hogs going down your fairway, they can make more, they can tear up more than what you can repair. Oh, they're and, so destructive. Uh, they go to rooting, man, and digging. It's, it's uh -huh. bad. It is. It's, it's not good. But I had one guy uh, was in here uh, about a week or so ago, and, and he, had, so he had some photos, and on his uh, lease out there, he showed me a picture i think there's about uh, somewhere over 15 20 hogs out there just all around these feeder you know just having <laughs> having lunch you know <laughs> and, oh, so anyway that's not that's not a good deal either sure but but i don't know it's everything's all right but everything's going to be good here for livingston uh uh you know uh, we got yeah, water back your lake's place. full again how much are they releasing right now uh, the release is just slightly over 1,500 cubic feet a second. Oh, that's a that's a yeah. trickle. Yeah, that's a. You're not gonna have you're not gonna have salt down on your on your on your end of it, Mickey. <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, I don't have to worry about 1,500. As long as y'all uh, keep uh, it under 10,000 up there, I'm good to go. You know, Mickey, and and I know you know as well as I do, but you know we used to see. We used to see 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 releases all the time. Yeah. And, and that was even in the summertime. Right. And and here the last few years or a couple of two or three years, you know, our releases have gone down to a trickle. I mean, you know. Yeah, they're either at a trickle or they're at 80,000, you know. It's just, yeah, you know, that's exactly one extreme right. to another. There's no moderation at all anymore. Uh-uh, oh, there's not. I mean. 1,500 cubic feet a second coming out of uh, this Livingston Dam. That's just a, that's a, that's a, that's a drip coming out of the faucet, you know, I mean. Yeah. You know, I get a lot of people, they'll say, they'll come through here and they say, well, they, the release is really up. They got all the gates open. Well, I don't really, when you got all the gates open, if the, all the gates were open, Liberty wouldn't be, <laughs> Liberty wouldn't be down there. It'd wash everything out, but you know, I mean. Uh, but just because they're releasing a little bit of water out all the gates, that doesn't mean it's a big release at all. I mean, you know, I mean, you can just crack those gates and let a lot of water out. But I think they do that just to kind of even out the flow. Maybe I'm not sure, but but uh, uh, like you know, I mean, in, in years past, you know, even you know when uh, you know uh, uh, Wayne Bland and Bobby Fly and Kenny Lockhart, you know, when they're throwing them long rods down on the, 
on right. the dam and they do that all summer long uh you know uh, the better fishing uh release would be you know seven to ten thousand cubic feet a yeah second. i remember they wanted a little bit of current like that you know that's they what did. made it really good that's what made it made it hot you know and and now i mean uh shoot you know i've seen like a hundred and ten thousand coming out of that dam and i guarantee <laughs> you i mean i mean that you know that that one time they had that big release and you remember that old southland uh park they had down below the dam uh-huh you know when the water receded down there mickey you you needed a you needed a, a front end loader to pick up all the shed it was amazing how much dead shed was down there i Isn't mean that's not they uh-huh the, well when the water went down you know they just got trapped and, and there wasn't no way out now well, i remember that big release back in 1989 they were uh-huh. saying that uh, there was so the the square cubic feet of water coming out of there would fill up the Astrodome every minute. That's how much water was it's coming it, out of there. That's, that's exactly right. Every exactly minute right. filling the Astrodome uh-huh. up level full of uh-huh. water. That's crazy, that's, man. That's a, that's a lot of water. Well, you know, uh, uh, here a few weeks ago, you know, when the lake was low, I went across the big bridge, I think I told you, but, and I looked up the lake and I looked down the lake when I was on top coming down, you know, and I said, my God, we're, we're four foot low, but that's a lot of water out there. <laughs> yeah, mean, that is. That's yeah. that. That's a big part of the lake right there, buddy. Yeah, that's all awesome. right, Harry. I got to roll, right. my friend. If somebody wants to call you about coming up to Pinwall Campground and Marina, give them a number, my friend. Uh, that number is uh, 936-967-4752. Hope, hope everybody has a good, safe weekend. Makes it We're going to do it. You do the same, Harry. Good talking to you, right. buddy. Yes, Later. sir. All right. That's Mr. Harry Detan up on Lake Livingston, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's show, but we'll be back in the morning bright and early at 4 a.m. right here at Sports Radio 610 KILT Houston. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.